Hello and welcome to episode 136 of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast, back to being recorded in the beautiful home office of Chateau Relaxo, Florida. And tonight, it's Summer Road Trips 2021 pandemic style. Thanks for listening. Welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. And before we get to tonight's topic, a quick spin around the travel sphere. And I start out with continuing our non-existent how to work from home advice series. I ask you this simple question. Are you tired of your Zoom meetings being just a little bit too productive? Well, if you are, then let me introduce you to Zoom Escaper. That's right, Zoom Escaper, a tool that allows you to escape Zoom meetings by self-sabotaging your own audio and doing that by making your presence absolutely unbearable to others. You can add some wonderful sound effects like a crying baby, echoes, bad connections, wind, even constructions, and feed them right into your Zoom meeting. All of these which will distract your fellow attendees, causing them to ask you to leave early or allowing you to gracefully punch out on your own. So that is Zoom Escaper. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Hey, let me ask you another question. Did you travel over the Easter weekend? Did you fly? Did you connect or have Atlanta ATL in your travel plans? Well, Easter weekend travel was absolutely out of control, especially if it involved the Hartsfield-Jackson Atlanta International Airport or as we like to call it, the ATL. The ATL had almost 1 million people touching down. Delta, one of the last holdouts when it came to leaving the middle seats vacant until May 1st, decided to fill those planes all the way up during April 4th and 5th, citing that staffing large numbers of employees due to vaccinations, vacations, and pilots returning to active status as the reason why. This leads us to the reason that this year's vacation might pan out as a road trip instead of heading to the airport. And with that in mind, it is on to tonight's topic, Summer Road Trips 2021 Pandemic Style. And three episodes ago, I reposted my 2018 road trip guide, and I did it for a couple reasons. First, I wanted to see how much has changed in the last three years. And the second reason that I was on spring break, a road trip myself, and had no plans to record anything. And for me this year, a road trip is more practical than ever. I have no real desire to hop on any airplane and deal with everything that comes with COVID, head to the rental counter and deal with everything that comes to COVID. And besides my reward point bank account has certainly taken a hit over the last 12 months. And I don't really wanna spend any of those points taking a summer vacation. That being said, the CEO flew again last week, so she has two up on me for uh, flights in the last 12 months. Two weeks before when she flew on Southwest, they boarded in lots of 10. This time they went back to their typical cattle car boarding and even TSA with TSA pre-checks, she said was just out of control. And if you've listened to any of our past episodes, especially if it includes the CEO, they are usually recorded after we've taken some sort of a road trip. 
And the reason is that we both love jumping in the car, having some sort of a rough outline where we're going, what we're going to do, but still having the freedom to explore new things along the way. Over the years, we've had more fun exploring the new things that we find along the way. For example, outside of Charlottesville, Virginia, we found wineries that we had no idea even existed. We knew there was a ton of breweries, and one of them was, of course, Devil's Backbone, right where the uh, Appalachian Trail kind of goes through the middle of it. And we knew that we wanted to see some of the breweries, but we had no idea that there were that many wineries. I think we stopped by Dave Matthews' uh, Dreaming Tree Winery, and of course the Trump Winery, which was a must-stop. And actually, of all the winery tours uh, that we've taken, probably one of the more affordable ones, surprisingly. And so once we started looking around, we found the wineries and found just more and more stuff to do. And speaking of breweries, we have stumbled across plenty. Chattanooga, Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee, Boone, North Carolina, and even in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where we used to live, we found Funky Buddha. So there is a ton of things that you can do with kind of a loosey-goosey travel plan. While we were visiting the Loray Caverns up in Virginia a few years ago, I took a wrong turn out of the parking lot. And lo and behold, we discovered Cooters of Luray. And no, that's not a sex store, but that is a place dedicated to the 1980 hit show, The Dukes of Hazard, complete with an original General Lee, the 1969 iconic Dodge Charger, also accompanied by Daisy Duke's Jeep Dixie. So we've also stumbled probably across the greatest grocery store in my life. It was the Harris Teeters outside of Charleston, South Carolina. And yes, I know it's odd to have a favorite grocery store of all time, but I would have to say this one is right up there. Years ago, probably 30 years ago, just north of downtown Atlanta, there was a grocery store called Harry's up in the Alpharetta area. I think it has since kind of met its demise. I know Alton Brown at one point was based out of Atlanta and used to film a lot of his Food Network TV shows there. But again, great grocery store. There's uh, Harris Teeter in Charleston, South or Charleston, South Carolina as well. So you never know what you'll find when you're not hindered by airline departure times and dates and flights and whatnot. That being said, though, you should have some scheduled tours, expeditions, and food experiences along the way. And how do you plan a road trip? Well, I'm glad you asked. And if you didn't, I'm still going to tell you. First, the drive is one of the most important parts of the trip, and it's all about the balance of it. You don't necessarily want to spend three days in the car driving to and fro and then only have two more days for vacation before you have to pile back into the car and head home. It just doesn't make sense. And you also don't want the drive to be boring. For example, Route 50 heading east out of Lake Tahoe is a 400 miles of absolute loneliness. After the first 10 miles, the remaining 390 miles is just basically that 10 miles on repeat. And then to add another twist, you don't want the drive to be so short that there's no real gain. I mean, that's what day trips are for. We'll routinely take two to three hour drive day trips, go do something, grab lunch in some place in the upper part of uh, Florida get back in the car and head home. For example, Tallahassee is a great day trip as well as Valdosta. There's a couple nice antique stores along the way. All that being said, though, there is nothing wrong with flying into some place like Denver, Colorado and making that your starting point. 
And the other thing to keep in mind is that this is not a diaper drive, and that's where you drive several hundred miles with no stops wearing a diaper so that you don't have to stop to use the restroom. Part of the road trip allure is the stops you make along the way. For example, if you're rolling along I-95 somewhere around the North Carolina, South Carolina state line, they're south of the border with its sombrero tower, its reptile lagoon, and of course the peddler steakhouse. It's a great place to kill an hour or so, and besides, Pedro says so. And if you've never seen any of the uh, south of the border billboards, just spend any time right around the state line of North Carolina, South Carolina on I-95. If it's 85 South, south of Macon, there is the Buckies with their 40 to 50 gas pumps. It's just the start of the place. There's a wall of jerky. They have a barbecue pit and gifts galore. We talked about this uh, on our last episode with the CEO. While this isn't a highlight stop of our recent spring break road trip, it's almost better people watching than Walmart. I, now, I said almost. It's probably not as good as going to Walmart. But Bucky's is a place that you could kill an hour or two in the afternoon to break up the monotony of a long drive. And then just south of Charlotte, North Carolina, I've talked about this many times, is the U.S. National Whitewater Center. If you're looking to kill an afternoon doing some rafting, rock climbing, or riding zip lines, this is the place. And besides, you're just right side, right outside of Charlotte at the end of the day and you can head into Charlotte and enjoy some good food or some of the local breweries there. The takeaway, plan for stops. You never know what you're gonna come across as you're driving or see a billboard or a sign. And where do you get inspiration to put together some sort of a road trip? There is an endless supply of sources. Friends and colleagues are a great source unless they travel like Clark Griswold. Believe it or not, Pinterest and her road trips in the search bar hit enter and you can scroll till the battery in your mouse died. Past experiences, years ago we spent one day in Savannah, Georgia for our wedding and have been back at least a dozen times since then and we continue to go back and explore more and more things to do. And then finally you can always check out Google Travel since Google owns your soul, you might as well let them plan your vacation. At least they know where you'll be in case something bad happens to you. And of course, there's an endless supply of apps. Uh, you know, at least install Google Maps or Waze. If you have no idea how valuable either one of those two are, please stay home and stay off the roads. If you're like my dad, finding the cheapest gas price is a major focus of any adventure. At one point when they lived in Asheville, North Carolina, and I lived down in Lilburn, Georgia, he always made it a point to fill up his gas tank in South Carolina because it was about two cents cheaper figure a 15 gallon tank he probably saved 30 cents possibly but you know anyways if gas price checking is your kink install iExit and you can get all of the latest gas prices road trippers they have a tagline of turn your road trip into an adventure and it's a great addition if you need a little bit of road trip guidance enter your starting point enter your destination and road trippers will fill in between those two places with all kinds of stops along the way. And then following it up with Roadside America, they offer about 10,000, probably more than that, just really odd offbeat attractions, some of which nobody is familiar with, uh, and it's well beyond anything that you can find on Google Maps. For instance, if you find yourself in Albuquerque, New Mexico, 
And if you look really hard, you can find Walter White's tombstone, dated 1959 through 2011, rest in peace. Uh, But there's all kinds of oddities, so Roadside America may be worth downloading and checking and see what you can find. I also advise, of course, on installing Yelp, as it will give you insights on food, hotel, as well as some of the attractions. Don't forget Google Reviews, as it will also give you the lowdown, very similar to Yelp. TripAdvisor is another one. I personally don't use it. Um, I've just pretty much divided my attention between Yelp and Google Reviews, but I do hear or see a lot of people always talking about TripAdvisor as well. Apps like TripIt, I talk about that quite often, is great for business travel, but for a fun-in-the-sun road trip, for me, they really don't hold much value. Of course, my itineraries automatically get ingested into TripIt, but if we're doing a road trip, it's very rare that I ever check to bother to see what's going on because we really don't have much of a set itinerary. One final app that you may want to install is the Red Cross First Aid app because guess what? At some point, somebody's going to break something, cut something, or just get plain old food poisoning. That app will kind of help you out to get your arms around the issue and hopefully to make the trip a little less miserable for all involved. Next up is food, and as they say, we all need to eat, and I'm not sure who they is, but somewhere along the line, they said it. When it comes to a road trip, food falls into two categories, stuff that you're going to eat at a traditional table and stuff you're going to eat while riding in the car. For the stuff that you consume at a traditional table with a traditional chair, I check out Yelp and Google. Those are your best bets. Follow that up by your Uber driver, the hotel staff, things like that. But all these years later, I still stand by these foods for consumption while barreling westbound on I-20. Beef jerky and Slim Jims. And actually, you can probably make that any processed meat product wrapped in plastic that does not need refrigeration. The positives? Very high in protein. It's easy to eat with relatively little or no mess. The negative? It is high in salt and the smell might offend passengers, which could possibly be a good thing depending on who is riding with you. Beef jerky can be a tad expensive when you purchase it at a gas station. So if you're gonna stock up on beef jerky, head to your local Costco or Sam's. Almost every gas station that you come across will have a rack filled full of Little Debbie snacks from oatmeal pies to cosmic brownies. There is a snack for most everybody. My personal favorite is the Nutty Buddy or anything from their zebra cake collection. Uh, Positives of it, it's as tasty as it gets. Inexpensive, easy to eat, and almost never expires. Uh, Don't forget they have their seasonal offerings such as their fall party cakes. The negatives, it is loaded with sugar and not absolutely the most filling. So if you happen to eat four or five, Keep an eye on that calorie count. Years ago, uh, Little Debbie is manufactured by McKee Foods outside of uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. And when we left the facility, they actually have a, um, I don't know what you call it, a discount store at the bottom of the hill. Um, And I think I loaded up with about six months worth of Little Debbie cakes for the kids to take to school and pack in their lunch for less than 20 bucks. So Little Debbie snack cakes, we've seen them at the gas stations. 
always tasty. Just watch the calorie count. Now, my follow-up to that is roller food. Those tasty cylindrical tubes of nutrition and calories. Looking to snack on an egg roll, a tamale, a hot dog, or a taquito while driving at 75 miles an hour. If those things are your kink, grab those tongs and pluck a few of these rolling beauties up. The positive with roller foods, usually cheap. Maybe a buck, maybe a buck 25 a uh, an item. They taste pretty good, relatively filling. And where else can you eat from three different food ethnicities all in the same stop? Negatives, be careful if you load up on any of these items with salt, ketchup, or mustard. It's very easy to end up with a gooey mess in your lap. Stay away, and here's a tip, stay away from any item that's not rolling. A sure sign that the bottom is more than likely overcooked. That's how much science I have put into roller foods. And actually, I had stopped at a quick trip up in Atlanta a few weeks ago. They now even offer an orange chicken taquito. So you never know what is on the taste horizon. So there you have it. Beef jerky, a good stable. Little Debbie's as well as roller foods. And there's a reason that even after all these years, these foods are in heavy rotations during my road trips. They're easy to hold with one hand, leaving your other hand free for doing important things like texting or changing the radio station. Now, when it comes to traditional sit-down restaurants, I have a long, exhaustive list. When I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina, it's the Angus Barn. It's been years since I've been there. If you ever go there, do yourself a favor and order the $100 Tomahawk Steak. In Tampa, Florida, Charlie's Steakhouse is a great place while the name has steak in it. Order the pork chops. Baltimore, Maryland, you must stop at the GM restaurant. A simple name, but they serve up Maryland style crab cakes the size of your head, and they are absolutely delicious. And this list goes on and on. Many offer ambiance. Some places have amazing mountain views. Other places you're eating out on a deck, but all offer great food. Now, when it comes to lodging, more specifically hotels, this can be a bit dicey. I admit I'm spoiled by Hilton and Marriott's. They are my go-to and have been for over two decades. That being said, most traditional chain hotels will suit most everyone. However, you do need to plan to spend some money. Hotels are one of those things in life where you truly get what you pay for. And two of those things that you pay for is safety and cleanliness. But you will also come across some locally owned and operated hotels that provide a wonderful experience. Years ago, I had a project in Smithfield, Virginia. Yes, that's Smithfield. Think bacon, ham, bacon, sausage, and bacon. And at the time, this was probably 15, uh, 16 years ago, Smithfield really didn't have any hotels to speak of. So I booked a room at the Mansion on Main, which was a traditional bed and breakfast. Every morning we woke to the smell of bacon, Smithfield bacon, and fresh biscuits. And each afternoon after we'd come back from the Smithfield facility, there was a plate of warm, fresh cookies and a glass of cold milk. Now, my favorite part of my time in Smithfield was one of the executives was giving us a tour of the facility. And we were walking from building to building and he looked over at me and he says, do you smell that? And I was like, yeah, of course. I smell the, the smoky odor coming, I guess, from the smokehouses. He goes, no, that's the smell of money. So if you're ever in Smithfield, Virginia, that is not the smell of smoke that you smell. That is the smell of money. 
Now there is an app called Hotel Tonight, which offers up daily deals on last minute hotels in case you forget to book a place to crash. And there's one piece of advice that I offer to all baby road warriors is to make sure that you have your night's hotel stay or reservation booked before you head out each morning. There's nothing worse than trying to find a hotel or driving to a hotel seven, eight o'clock at night and only to be told that there are no vacancies. If you look at road trip entertainment, since I'm the driver, I typically rely on a couple things, audiobooks and podcasts. I still have my old standby music playlist, Dave Matthews Band, Toto, and most anything that charted in the 80s. I guess you can call me a renaissance man. Audiobooks, mostly nonfiction. I just follow, finished up uh, Alan Greenfield's Hike in the Appalachian Trail from Georgia to Maine. It was a 49-day challenge to hike. I think it was a dozen of the greatest sections of the Appalachian Trail. Next up is John Tesh's Relentless. Like I said, I am a renaissance man. For me, the key to audiobooks is to listen to them at one and a half speed. It'll take your brain just a couple minutes to adapt, but after that, it's all smooth sailing. And it significantly cuts down the time to listen to a seven or eight or nine or 10 hour book. With podcasts, I'm all over the road. Dak Shepard's Armchair Expert, uh, The Cigar Pulpit, literally from Rob Lowe, Tim Ferriss, Mike O'Mara Show. And of course, my two travel podcast standbys, travel comments, as well as the travel wins. Now, do you subscribe to Spotify? If you do, find one of their one-hit wonder channels and you'll be amazed. If you're the driver, there's plenty of content to listen to. And ultimately, the driver does get to decide. If you're traveling with the little ones, make sure to pack charging cables, all that kind of good stuff. If you've got an extra 50 bucks, you can always purchase an Amazon Fire tablet as a backup just in case somebody breaks one of their everyday tablets. When I was a rug rat, my parents gave us Dramamine and put us in the backseat of the car. Now these kids have something to do and look at and stare at for a five or six hour drive. And of course, the proverbial elephant in the room when it comes to road trips is COVID. And so personally, I've been traveling more and more the last couple months. And while things are getting better, it's still not like traveling it was as it was a year ago. Of course, observe the COVID restrictions for the areas that you will be traveling through, but not everything is back to normal. For instance, this means that the hotel pool and fitness centers might still be closed. If you're road tripping with a family of four, and count on that complimentary hotel breakfast each morning to keep you from bleeding money. Not all of those breakfasts are all up and running. And if you expect room service each and every day, most hotels aren't offering it. Normally you can request it, but they typically want a 24 hour notice. So it's not automatic. So if you want it during check-in, remember to bring it up. If you're a bit more on the cautious side, pack some disinfecting wipes. Of course, add a bunch of extra masks and hand sanitizers. If you plan to visit the Mouse House here in Orlando, you might have already purchased your tickets, but you still need to make a reservation to get in the park. That's right, they are taking reservations. So with more and more people getting vaccinated, those reservations are disappearing very quickly. So what was the movie with Griswold Family Vacation when they got to Wally World and the park was closed? That could very well be a possibility if you don't plan ahead. 
some of the road trip essentials that you might not necessarily think to pack. First aid kit, and that goes along with that app that we talked about. Throw in some heartburn medicine, some aspirin, some Benadryl. Those are great for, Benadryl's great for fixing all kinds of things. And of course, it being pollen season, a handful of allergy pills. The Ziploc bags, a can of Fix-It Flat. I actually had a flat tire about four weeks ago. So uh, a can of Fix-It fix it Flat can save you in a bad situation. A handful of plastic shopping bags, perfect for wet shoes, wet bathing suits. I would also pack some sort of a headlamp unless your kids are absolute professional flashlight holders. It's much easier to strap a headlight onto your head as you're moving to and fro in the dark unloading the car. And a handful of zip ties, paracord, and bungee cords also comes in handy. To this day, I love a good road trip. There is so much to see and to learn about this country, and there's no better way than doing it by taking new roads, visiting tucked away places, and just talking to new people. I spent 20 plus years with more than my share of travel wins, so I leave you with this. A road trip is a journey, not a destination. I think that's probably a takeoff on a Aerosmith Steve Tyler song, but it's true. It is a journey. A road trip is not necessarily just a de destination. Thank you for listening. If you want detailed show notes, links, and pictures, head over to podpage.com slash travel hyphen stories. That's podpage.com slash travel hyphen stories. If you have a question or a comment, you can leave me a voicemail at anchor or email me travelfrick at gmail.com. That's travelfrick at gmail.com. As I always say, travel safe, stay safe, and thanks for listening.